Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me, hair director? Is that where we're going with? Yes. Amy Thomason. Hello. All right. Amy, how are you doing? Very good. Excellent to hear. Weather is not getting us all down, and we are here for another installment of our Listener Request Christmas Gift Month. This time, going out to our longtime listener, Doug Powers, who writes in, My nominee for Listener Request Month is Shadow of the Vampire from 2000, directed by E. Elias Merhige. He writes, his argument that persuaded us. And I was just very, I, when he said Shadow of the Vampire, I honestly am like, I, I don't need to read anything else. However, he did take the time to write in his thoughts, and for that we appreciate, and those here are those thoughts right now. The film was nominated for Best Supporting Actor and Best Makeup, but it deserves far better than that. The way it duplicates Murnau's shots as it fades between the film Nosferatu and its fictional account of the making of the film is sheer brilliance. It's slow, atmospheric storytelling that gradually picks up speed, like a great boulder rolling down a mountain. Somebody is a writer. Yeah. <laughs> is perfection. The acting, we have Malkovich and Defoe going head-to-head, need I say more, and Eddie Izzard is deliciously hammy. Its original and unconventional story carry it well above most other cinematic fare. It is absolutely one of my favorite films of all time, and far too, peop- far too few people know about it. I hope you will give it its due reconsideration. And Doug, thank you for writing in. We are very excited to be giving this film a, uh, a look-see, a look-back, a, a uh, should-have-been-a-contender, a four-year reconsideration to see how it stacks up against uh, the 2000, the uh, the Academy Awards that year. So, uh, Amy, the question we always start off with is, have you seen this movie and have you seen Nosferatu, the Murnau film from 1920? I have seen both. All right. I saw both when I was in college because it was 2000, so I was a junior in college. And our guest host, when we do our Cooper films, Mr. Brian Hartz, often did movie nights when I was in college. And in October, we watched Nosferatu. And that was my introduction to it. All so right. thank you, Brian, for being a part of my education. Yes. And uh, so you've seen Nosferatu. Have you seen – you saw this movie as well? Yes. Around the they same time? At our camp, yeah, because it came out in 2000, so I was in college. So I saw this, I think, at the, our student union. Oh, very nice. Very fun. And I really liked it. I really thought it was neat. It's kind of a weird movie, which I totally love. It's, <laughs> it's about, it's also kind of about the artistic process. So that's really cool. Yeah, we can chalk this up. This is another entry in our Hooray for Hollywood long running series of films of uh, award winners or award nominees or films we want to talk about that are, in fact, about filmmaking. It's uh a lot of fun. We'll definitely get into a bit more of more of that. Uh, I uh, it is required viewing for college students, especially college filmmakers, to see Nosferatu. So that's when I saw it way back in the day. Uh, remember, remember enjoying it. Uh, as far as silent films go, I think that is one of. Let's see. You see Caligari. You see Nosferatu, and 
Potemkin, oh, and Metropolis. You see, like those four yes. films. Like you don't like. There are plenty of other films. Many have been lost, sadly. But like, if you see those four, you have a good handle on uh, European filmmaking in the in the post uh, in the post World War One pre Depression uh, period of silent silent films. They're great. Nosferatu is one of uh, uh, I believe it is I believe one of the best adaptations of Dracula. Do not ever use the word Dracula. Um, and uh, it's uh, it, it lives on. It's, Find a way to get around it. Yep, That's just, it. hey, just change the names. Man, you could do anything back in the 20s. Just say, fuck it. Just, I don't know. Who needs, yep. who needs rights? Dracula was only 20-something years old at that point. Mind-boggling. Well, actually, that, that leads to another question. Uh, what do you think of the story, Dracula? The, the book, uh, the many, 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 many many versions of the book itself not necessarily all the wacky shit they put dracula into later i have never read the book never read the book and i've never really had a desire to i'm not into epistle story novels is that how you pronounce yeah the a, a, epistolary letters and things and yes whatnot. where it's all letters and diaries and stuff i'm really cannot get into books that are written that way it's just the way my brain is i don't know um, and I haven't seen the one with Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So yeah. I've seen the Bella Lugosi one because, of course, when Brian did his night, he always had themed nights. Oh, of course. So this was, we watched Nosferatu, we watched uh, Bella Lugosi's Dracula, and we watched James Whale's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. And The nice. Bride of Frankenstein, too. I think oh, it was yeah. like a quadruple night. Ooh. Man, back when we had time to do things, I'm... This is, a, this is a this is a short movie, and I uh, I'm like, where am I, how am I gonna find time to watch this? It's fun, it's fun. I uh, I've, I'm not the biggest fan of the story of Dracula. It, you know, Victoria. I think it was. It's the same way. I'm like Dickens is fine, but you are using so many words to make your point, and I get that you're being paid two dollars a word. And first of all, screw you for that, because who gets paid two dollars a word now? But uh, there's a, a lot of talk of real estate. What is what is what is happening here? It's very, it, it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird the character the character writers who do, who are very over. Yeah, I guess there's something Nabokov, about the, the Victorian. Is the same, right? Yeah, I love the yeah. Victoria the Victorian writers. I just I like I like the uh, the ideas. I don't always like the presentation of it. Dracula is one of those things. I never never cared for the for the story much. I like the character. I love the character and things. I love how it's become a uh, the the legend in in its own right and it's spawned vampire movies with the whole vampires for genre. good and for ill. For good and Twilight and Looking Blue. Yes, uh, but that's a that's a longer conversation for a more horror themed podcast. We are an Oscar-based podcast, and we are going to take a short break and come back to discuss the 73rd Annual Academy Awards in 2000, uh, which Shadow of the Vampire was nominated for, two, And we'll briefly discuss them, because we haven't talked about it just yet. Stick around. Iris in. Begin. It's been a fitful night, but you wake refreshed. What is that beside you? It's a book. About vampires. Nosferatu. Director F.W. Murnau had an obsession to create the world's most realistic vampire movie. Meet Count Orlok. 
The overture to our symphony of horrors. He dug up an actor. I'd like some makeup. Well, you don't get him. Who didn't just play the part. But you're not feeding. No, you're not drinking her blood. He lived it. What is the matter with you? Where did you find him, really? From Lionsgate Films and producer Nicolas Cage comes the haunting tale of the uncompromising. You, you will have no close-ups now. The unimaginable. Blood! Blood! And the undead. Academy Award nominees John Malkovich. I will finish my picture! And Willem Dafoe. This is hardly your picture any longer. Shadow of the Vampire. How dare you destroy my photographer! Why not the script girl? I'll eat her later. We will discuss the 73rd Annual Academy Awards, which took place in 2001 at another time. That was the year Gladiator won. Looking forward to revisiting that at a later date. Y'all, you're oh, your face looks terrible right now. You just, <laughs> just you're like, no, you're not excited about that. It's, uh, yeah, it's a it's a movie, right? It's a movie. It's, it's a film. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, you're right. It is a film. It's not a movie. It's a film. It's there's, not a bad movie. But uh, we have previously discussed best foreign language winner and best picture nominee, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That that year with previous co-host Alex Riviello. In fact, I believe that was our first ever foreign language movie. At the time, I realized we were running out of episodes and we needed to talk about something. So let's talk about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, one of the most nominated foreign films of all time. So head back into the archive. Do check that out. It's a good one. And it's a very good movie that you should really watch again. There's a lot happening to it. However, Shadow of the Vampire was, as discussed in Doug's email, nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Supporting Actor for Willem Dafoe and Best Makeup. Dafoe would lose to Benicio Del Toro for Traffic, another Best Picture nominee. In the... Are you shaking your head on that one, too? I've never been able to get through that movie. Okay. okay. And I've tried a lot. I, I've got opinions. I'll share them later. You guys, what? It's shocking. Amy has opinions. News, <laughs> news, film at 11. Film at 11. I need to give every single, I need to stop giving every single word with my facial expressions. But we're on a podcast, so the audience can't see them. That's true. But I, I just I just narrate what your you facial expressions. And uh, Best Makeup, it lost to The Grinch, the film by Ron Howard starring Jim Carrey, which and I think about it, I go, yeah, that's that's good. That's good makeup. It's just a very lousy, lousy, lousy movie. Like it's terrible. But I can't fault the the technical work on there. So I can, I can see that. But when you see how seamlessly they integrate the original footage from Nosferatu into Shadow of the Vampire, and how Willem Dafoe really looks like the actor Max Schreck in makeup, who starred in Nosferatu, you go. Damn, that definitely deserved. It may probably deserve to win, be just because Shadow of the Vampire is a better movie than The Grinch. Willem Dafoe. This was his uh, second of three nominations. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor 
back in 86 for Platoon. Another good movie, very underappreciated. As well as recently as last year for The Florida Project, a film I have not seen. Amy, you did see and said it's I amazing. Did. It's a great movie. It's like watching a documentary. Ah. People are so real. And I think the not the little girl who's the lead who's amazing. The actress who played the mother who's like not really an actress who played the girl's mother was she was so real yeah because i believe she so was cool. not actually an actress she was something no, what, like they what, found what, her did they found her yeah so yeah and but she raw and real and not likable characters you no definitely not uh meanwhile john malkovich who uh just a great underappreciated actor he has been nominated uh i believe twice before only twice only twice twice for the uh places in the heart 1984 i forgot he was in that and uh one of like honestly one of my favorite clint movies in the line of fire he plays the assassin in that who's going toe-to-toe with clint eastwood it's Awesome, and you should really check that out. It's, but he it's a... should have been nominated for Dangerous Liaisons and being John Malkovich. Yes, being John, it was a big, uh, big time for um, for John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich, movie about him, more or less, came out the previous year, and uh, to this day is one of the best films of the nineties. Uh, one of the uh, the movie that it's a movie that puts uh, Charlie Kaufman on the map. Uh, as uh, as one of the big writers, the writers that you like really want to be uh, to work with, he's uh, so uh, yeah. John Malkovich, is, there are those two people you go, like, really? We haven't given them an Academy Award. That that fe- it feels wrong. It feels wrong to just say the Academy Award nominee, not winner, Willem Dafoe or John Malkovich. It's a little, I don't, I don't. And um, they play such a great array of characters. They're such character actors, you know. Yeah, and. It loaded. It's a, they're they're tailor made for the best supporting actor role, but seriously, alas, uh, alas, and alack. Uh, Malkovich we w- could have also gotten a supporting role for uh, Empire of the Sun with Christian Bale. Ooh, ooh, yeah, he was in that too. He's in the he Killing was. Fields. Like he's in the. He's in a lot of movies. You go, oh yeah, okay. It's in so many so many things you always forget about. Could have gotten a supporting actor role in Con Air. Just saying, Cyrus the Virus, amazing character, amazing character. Just Amy, just take it from me. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I trust you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we are going to take a short break and come back and discuss Shadow of the Vampire. Ask him some vampire questions. When uh, did you become a vampire? I can't recall. Where were you born? Oh, were you born? I can't. Remember. It's not funny anymore. Come on. Count Dracula wouldn't say he couldn't remember. I read that book. Morno gave it to me. Well, now, this is a golden opportunity. Speaking as a vampire, what do you make of the book's technical merits? It made me sad. Why sad? Because Dracula had no servant. I think you missed the point of the book, uh, Count Orlok. <laughs> Dracula hasn't had servants in 400 years, and then a man comes to his ancestral home, and he must convince him that he... That 
like the man. He has to feed him when he himself hasn't eaten food in centuries. Can he even remember how to buy bread, how to select cheese and wine? And then he remembers the rest of it. How to prepare a meal, how to make a bed. He remembers his past glory, his armies, his retainers, and what he has reduced to. The loneliest part of the book comes when the man accidentally sees Dracula setting his table. If you're so lonely, why don't you make more vampires? I can't. I'm too old. Although, I seem to remember I was never able to. Then how did you become a vampire? It was woman. Well, no, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> A wicked bloodsucker destroys everyone around him in an obsessive pursuit of immortality. Also, there's a vampire. <laughs> Shadow of the Vampire was directed by E. Elias Merhige, little else to his credit. Written by Stephen Cat, not much else. Starring John Malkovich, Willem Dafoe, Carrie Elways, Udo Kier, shout out, Eddie Izzard, and Catherine McCormick. There, the film is based around the rumor that is completely false. It's one of those fun Hollywood myths that Max Schreck, who originated the role of Nosferatu in F.W. Murnau's 1922 classic Nosferatu, was in fact a vampire because he was so, so good and convincing in the role that people thought he came from another worldly place. Someplace from beyond. Uh, he was not. He would go on to have a, a successful career <laughs> in theater. Uh, this is a heavy fictionalized version of it. But the central premise around Shadow of the Vampire is what if Max Shrek was actually a vampire? And I do have to say, the film takes that and runs with it to a lot of fun places, <laughs> but it also does it in a way that uh, sheds, uh, sheds some light on the film industry and how and the artistic process. And uh, as, I, as I alluded to in my funny, funny synopsis, I think it's hilarious, uh, how uh, there is a certain immortality to filmmaking that is not present in, um, in other media. However, however lifeless that immortality can be, that is really... The discussion at the core of the film, so uh, it's uh, quite fun. It's 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 uh, it, it is it is quite fun. Uh, the film uh, I do I do have to you know pushing back. I do have to start at the opening credits. What do you make of those? I just I just need to get your opinion on five minutes of words. weird pictures. <laughs> we're yeah we're German you know it's German expressionist pictures, but. Very it German. Is, it is, uh, I guess it's a sign of the times 
that this film starts, it starts like a John Carpenter movie. Have you ever seen Escape from New York or Escape from LA? It's just black screen, white words for five minutes. It starts like that. And it's so odd that we cannot abide that. We have removed theme songs from television shows because 30 seconds is just too much time to waste. And here, this movie, like from the beginning, it's telling you, buckle up. It's going to be very different than what you are used to. And uh, it, it does ape a lot of the old classic pictures because they didn't, there was no rule books. People had attention spans. They could just shoot and show things. And it was magic back then. It was quite lovely. Uh, so uh, just folks out there, prepare yourselves for a very different credit sequence. It's so different that I, it, we have, I have to talk about it because it is unlike anything we have this day and age some some movies don't even show the title anymore they just they just get right to it and you see the title at the end mm -hmm. it's, it's very strange it's very strange um have you ever been on a set have, have i asked you this question have you ever been on a set and no i've never been have, on a movie set have you uh theater then you've been on a uh, yes okay have you known or have you been john malkovich's version of fw Mark? Not to that extreme, but yes, I've seen crazy directors who have tempers and hissy fits and are very demanding. Is this to like the the sixth graders that you teach? Please tell me it is. Okay. No, oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> this isn't me. But when I was in college, there was a director that I remember I was on the run crew, and this director ripped this actress apart. Like I still remember it, and it wasn't directed at me. Wow. It was chilling. And I thought, wow, I am really glad I'm not the girl in the play. Mm. Of the many uh, stretches of the truth that the film makes, uh, the portrayal of Murnau is the most inaccurate. He was apparently uh, an amazing director who got to, who understood his actors and the and cinema very very well he was apparently a very uh very very kind kind man to work with uh so so this is a this is a radical radical portrayal of of the character that is inaccurate so don't so don't think that murnau was like this just because he's a german guy he's not no and what i like about it is you would think that willem dafoe playing the quote-unquote vampire would just walk away with the movie but John Malkovich's character is just as eccentric and bizarre. Yeah, and that's that. And I'm so angry. I wrote down this quote and I texted it to someone while I was watching it, and now I lost oh. it and I can't remember it. But it's the quote when he's talking about if they were to switch something around, it would put the crew on edge. And he's like, but actually, that could be quite advantageous because it would make the crew edgier than usual, which I like. Do you remember that I, line? Something, something along that, yeah. Uh, something along those lines, but it's just such a perfect line that he wants his crew to be edgy and unsettled as opposed to just being relaxed and yeah, focused. Yeah, relaxed and get, it, get their job. It lays up the old stereotype we have as, I think it was either um, maybe Kubrick or 
Coppola who said being a director is the, is the last place you can legally be a dictator or something along those lines where the director is this force of will who is just demand who demands 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 and takes and takes and takes from everyone around him that's where the uh, that's where the parallels come into play you have fw murnau played by john malkovich who is leeching the uh you know the metaphorical life out of uh, his actors his actresses and, and his literal the literal life out of his uh his crew members and then of course you have uh willem defoe who's playing count orlock who's playing Max Shrek, who's playing Count Orlock, who's, all, of whom is, <laughs> all of whom is Dracula. And he is an actual vampire who, who, drains, who drains the life out of his victims. And that is, uh, that is, that is the parallel we have, we have here that the film uh, chews at. And uh, the watching them go at it is some of the film's best uh, that, that's where the, that's where the film shines we have these two personalities these two vampires uh, who eat their eat the blood in different ways uh attacking each other you know when uh i, I love it when they're having a conversation it's like uh like why couldn't you just eat the script girl and he's like uh yeah. i'll eat her later you're like oh this, it's 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 funny they're, both of their casual disregard for life is uh shocking Done in a way that's that's humorous and does make you question. Well, I understand why Orlock does what he does. He's a vampire. Like he's a he's a monster. He's a beast. He's a, he's a bloodsucker. So who is the real villain here? Is it the person who kills people, or is it the person who enters into a f- offers up yeah offers the up the people into the Faustian bargain to make this movie uh, as a way of creating his own immortality because that's what movies are. You know, we're still talking about Nosferatu almost a hundred years later. Everyone involved in the movie uh, is now dead. So like this is uh, it's film filmmaking is a, is a, is a way to preserve, preserve history to, to extend, extend your life. He says that at one point I could have made you immortal. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there are all these great little lines. I could have made you immortal when, Catherine McCormick's Greta says, you know, the, the theater gives me life. This, she points to the camera, only takes it from me. And you're like, ah, oh, like, it's, it's kind of true. Because, you know, the, but they're very different. But one, one is more transient and impermanent than, than the other. And it's great. But you got to talk about John Malkovich, who uh, we discussed right before the show began that I'm pretty sure... Malkovich showed up in costume because he had that lab coat and those glasses and this crazy oh, look. Which I want, oh, by the, the way. oh the, it's it's fantastic. He is uh, he's a great actor. He has always been a great character actor, and this is uh, the pinnacle of character acting because he gets a, he gets to have fun as a director here, and I think I think a lot of actors just want to be directors and to to play this this dictator, play this boss. He um. He's fat. He's he's fabulous. He's nuanced in a way. It, we we learn just enough about everybody to, to to really make it. But he does have his. I like his commitment to the to the art. But occasionally, I I and he also does really well when he was high off his mind and confessing 
the the deal he made, which is like it's answering it's it's answering <laughs> the question to the to the crew to the crew when we like like well yeah we get it he's, a, he's actually a vampire it's it's really great he brings a lot to it and of course the final of course the final shot is and you sort of understand where he's coming from which is hard as an audience member to watch that and you're like yeah i kind of get why he did yeah this. i mean it makes sense like wouldn't you like because this guy is this mad genius and like i said those goggles mm-hmm. and that lab coat just added to him he seems like dr frankenstein yeah and it, he does have a great like the first line of the movie is nice pussy it's uh it's and like in hearing that from malkovich it's about a cat but is it really is it? like it's about but hearing that from Malkovich, you go i feel but so that's dirty. one more very quick point that i need to make is usually in our country when they make a movie that takes place in europe everyone has a british accent even if they're not from england <laughs> i liked that this movie they kind of had some german accents going on mm-hmm. which sounds like such a trite thing but i'm so tired of and beauty and the beast which takes place in france everybody's got a british accent except for lumiere which makes absolutely no sense but that Lumiere, do, only Lumiere has a French accent. Only Lumiere has the French accent in Beauty and the Beast, in the animated yeah. and the live action version. So in this, I was like, they actually have German accents. Yay. It's because nice. character actors it do it. They they get in. They can. Because character actors do it. But yeah, John Malkovich, the way he says everything, I love watching him direct where the girl's laying in bed and she's waking up, and he he and the camera guy are outside the window of the room where they're filming. And he's just sort of leaning in and uh, like telling her what her action is supposed to be in a very soft, quiet voice. Yeah, it's it's great. And that was another thing. Watch, I loved watching the process of making movies. I guess yes. I love I love I, lo- yes. I love I love movies about movies. They're they're a lot of fun. We've we've seen a bunch of them, but watching the process of a silent movie is so much different because. You don't need to yell quiet on the set. You can have the director talk the entire time to you to give you your motivation to to draw up the uh, the thoughts and the feelings, your emotions, and it's it's so it's so different. It feels more director focused than actor focused. Like yeah, like the actors are a big part, but when you when you yell cut when you yell action on a on a sound film, like you have to you have to step you have to step back. You can't. It's you can say stuff, but you don't want to mess up the sound a little bit. So I, it's it's odd that um and well and we'll talk about this we'll talk about this later when we talk about uh, the the upcoming silent film. But how silent films they're slightly they're slightly more they're more true to the uh, the notion of motion picture because they are just pictures in motion. There's no there's no sound involved. You have music added on later, but there's no there's no sound. So everybody's you got to do everything. And you're yeah your hand your hand sounds that it makes in the light it's just yeah and yeah and and like and and if you and you have to crank it at a steady speed like you have to be you have to be like the 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 stuff that carrie always talks about like that is it's like a legitimate like skill to have you don't just push a button it's like you have to be running that and when he was talking about doing the slow motion and then we'll do a regular motion but yeah, it's like it's it's like that's like that's how you control the frame rate. It's like, all right, we're going twenty four now. Now we're going more, and there we go less. Yep. It's, uh, it's 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 really fun to watch, especially because we you know I've taken I took a dozen photos of 
video of videos of my daughter last week while on vacation. I was like, yeah, it's it's fun and easy. Click point, psh, whatever. It's not it was. It is hard to make a movie now. It was impossible to make a movie back then. For the, like for the record, uh, they shoot they shoot the entrance of Willem Dafoe at night. Literally impossible to shoot night scenes back then. You, like there's not enough light. Mm-hmm. The cameras were not good enough. But you know, artistic artistic license and whatnot. So uh, we've come a long way since yeah. uh, since the old silent films, and uh, for better or for worse, mostly for better. But we we do we do lose a little something. Of course, we do have to talk about Willem Dafoe as Count Orlock. The role was specifically written for him, and when you hear that, you go, "Yeah, yeah, that makes sense." How uh, how was he? What did you think of his performance here? He totally. I'm trying to think, was absorbed into this character. Like, there was no Willem Dafoe. I think if I saw it and I didn't know it was him, I wouldn't have been like, oh, obviously that's Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Like, he totally disappears. Some of it's the makeup, but his mannerisms are just so funny. And he's such a vile character. Yeah, he's... But you love him anyway. But you love him. You love him because he's a jerk. But his his nemesis isn't some this this good hearted, uh, like Steven Spielberg, person. It's how, it's John Malkovich. How he's this diva. And how he's this diva, when he's like, no, I don't take bullets. Yeah. I I fly, and Renault is like, no, we can't. Half my seeds are on the thing, and they're both of them are so uncompromising, and what they want. Yeah. And that's why their scenes are magical. Yeah. Do you think you would be a big diva if you were several hundred years old and just ate rats and this is your this is your time to shine? I'm a big diva and I'm not 800 years old and just eat rats. True, true dad. I was. <laughs> You've worked with me. You know my process. I'm so complicated and deep and <laughs> have all these idiosyncrasies. Your words. That I demand. Your words. Yes. That I demand <laughs> in order to perform. <laughs> he's uh he's great. He's great as a as a like when he is acting as the as the Nosfer as Count Orlock in the movie Nosferatu. You have to remember he's actually Count Orlock in is nothing. When he's doing that, it's uh it's great. He he gets the mannerisms of. The the real Max Shrek down uh, to the point where you could probably put them side by side and you would not be able to tell the difference really at all. He's long fingernails. He's gross. The makeup is astoundingly good, uh, really, and it still but still uh, offers up a wide range of expression. So when he's being monstrous, it's uh, it's it's not always it's not that not always scary. It's like suspenseful and intimidating but we kind of know what's happening so there's a little like all right that's fine and it's creepy. it's creepy yeah yeah it's, it's creepy in the scene with greta you're like oh it's like he's so he's so gross like oh me too me too me too hashtag me too hashtag me too <laughs> um but what i did the scene the scene that i think they they must have shown at the at the oscars was when orlock was talking about having red dracula and the part that that hit him most. And I thought this was like, I I could swear this was the scene that the movie was written around. And he says, what I remember is that 
Dracula did not have any servants, and he had to set the table himself. And here is this this man, this great master, this great leader, who has been reduced to this. And I thought, there is more to this character than this kind of witty, brash diva, as you would call him. There is like there like you get a sense of history with him. He's not just like, oh, he's just a random vampire. Like, no, he's a he's a he's a, a creature that has existed for hundreds of years. And I I really liked that scene just because it's there's a lot of goofiness happening, there's a lot of black humor between Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich. But this scene, there's you get to you you finally get to see Orlock not acting, even though uh, the the guys he's talking to think he's like, oh, what a what an actor. He's so devoted to the uh, to his 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 art it's uh, it just, defoe doesn't get enough credit as an actor i think he's uh, he's no, really good he's really good he's uh you know he could play a vampire and he could play jesus and nobody shakes an eye uh last temptation of christ amazingly and he's got those soulful eyes yeah that even in this film with all of this makeup and prosthesis on he's still doing a cre- he gets has those big eyes that he can yeah he's wonderful things with Mm -hmm. the film is 90 minutes which if for no other reason doug thank you for recommending a 90 minute movie because a lot of the fucking movies we watch are way too long ain't nobody got time for that i not only do i miss long slow credit sequences i miss the days when this movies knew how to get in and get out nobody gets hurt it's Cool 90 minutes, you spend a half hour traveling, boom, two hours. That's that's all you needed. None of this two and a half hour nonsense explosion fest that we are. This coming from the person who watched the first Lord of the Rings movie, how many times in a certain number? Eight of days? times within the first six <laughs> days. Thank you very much. But I am no longer that so young you man. Are... I know, I know, I am no longer that young man. And now, uh, brevity is the soul of wit and the soul of my life, well and truly. And I, uh, I, I appreciate that, but what that means is that we have to do a lot of shorthand for the for the characters, and one of my it's it's a cast of characters. They're very well developed. Stephen Katz, who wrote uh, Stephen Katz, who wrote the uh, who wrote the screenplay, does a great job establishing who these people are. You have Murnau in the first scene in the in the coat in the in the glasses with his very creepy and probing direction it's, it's terrible you have eddie izzard as uh who's amazing, who's amazing who i like I, I i i i saw him as like oh there's eddie izzard i'm like where the hell is eddie izzard i'm like oh he's the actor he's hutter he's uh he's hutter within the movie movie which he got the whole silent yeah and th- that is not, not easy, easy not do. easy to do there is a command of your body that i think a lot of actors lack these days in your, and your faces, expressions, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. And the hair, oh yeah, the, the eyes, and makeup. It's just, he's, he, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Izzard is always brilliant. I love Eddie Izzard, but uh, I have a soft spot for Carrie Elwes. Uh, he's he, he's my boy because, and he, I want to follow this character in a spinoff movie, like before before this, because he dies. Uh, just because he lands, he he arrives. Hanging on the side of a plane, and then immediately gets up to take over camera uh, uh, cameraman duties to film this mob scene, and just like I'm like yep. you are the coolest motherfucker around, 
Because you're, you know, you're, uh, uh, you're, you're coming off of an airplane in what the twenties. In the twenties, like we just invent, we just invented the airplane. He's got the, he's got the, the jacket. Like he's got the glasses. He's, he's so cool. And like, I love that cinematic shorthand that it uses to establish how these, these people. And uh, I also, uh, we talked about this on a previous episode. On uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Actually, how they spend so much time talking about Count Orlock. And then we find when we finally see him, it's so satisfying, as well. And how we're introduced to him. Yeah, yeah. How, we're introduced to him the way that the character, the character Hutter in Nosferatu, is introduced to him. He's just like he appears, which is they're shooting the scene, and he still has not seen him yet. Yeah, and then he just he appears like the that I don't know how Defoe does that wide eye thing. It, he does. He's just so good at it, uh, and it's uh, it's. It's chilling. Like I like I don't I can't speak to the effectiveness of Merhige as a director. He's only this is really like his big thing that he's directed, but it's that's a very well done scene that establishes a lot for the characters. And it's also a great introduction for another character, the most character of characters, and that is Count Orlock as well. Um It's a movie that I found to be hilarious. What did what what did you think of the comedy here? Oh my gosh, it was so funny. <laughs> like I said, I had to pause and rewind that line, and I still don't remember it when he said, Oh, you know, that might be advantageous because that would really startle the crew and put them on edge, which is a great thing. And I was like, Such a director. Yeah, thing to such say. a psychotic director. You don't want your crew to be happy. You want them to be edgy and nervous. Yeah, you want to be like, on, you want to be sharp. You need them to be on point for whatever it is they're filming. It's, um, yeah, it's a really, it's a darkly funny movie. It's, it's funny enough. It never veers into this is all right. You're just being absurd now for the sake of absurdity. It, you know, you need, you need a touch of lightness in all of this. It's a movie about a vampire who's murdering people on set while we're trying to make a movie. It's that's, that's that's heavy. That's heavy stuff. So to have the the witty repartee between Defoe and Malkovich is much needed. Some people are upset about that because, like, why would this vampire be so diva diva ish, so eccentric? I'm like, well, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like you're a vampire. Like, even he doesn't know what can kill him besides sunlight. So like, he's just whatever. He knows Murnau's a genius and wants the realism. So Murnau needs him more than he needs this gig. Yeah, and and and, and Murnau also has the other thing, and that's access to Greta, Greta the insanely attractive Catherine McCormick, who, uh, who's she in anything else? I, I feel like I know the name. Uh, we can we can we can look that up, but but especially at the end when they were filming and she had that wig on and all the nice hair and everything she looked ravishing yes yes and, uh, ravishing and then then absolutely ravaged it's uh you know in watching watching the movie now you go this is bordering on creepy like come on like this is assault but at the same time you go vampire it's really and no it's, it's it, it was border on assault it was a it was assault yes i she's screaming for them to stop and they drug her don't they yeah they 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 come over to her and they're holding her down yeah yeah yeah, they drug her basically they basically knock her out and then let orlock attack uh 
attacker and thug reigning or blood. So so all right, yeah, so yeah, all right, all right. Uh, it's not it it's not border. It, it it is, and it's uh, and that is an, uh, yet another commentary on what uh, shall we say the male-dominated film industry will do to its actresses uh, to get the get the shot. They will serve them up on a platter to the creatures of the night. To and we we talked about that in The Shining. I think with what Kubrick did to Shelley Duvall. It's and Rosemary's Baby. It's really a, a lot of horror movies. Just not very nice to uh, Maureen O'Hara. No, it's. Uh... I think she said he hit her at one point, and she didn't remember why. And you're like, wow. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Maureen uh, O'Hara. I know. A lot of uh, a lot of mis- a lot of misogyny going here. It's not that's not the main point of the movie, but uh, because they keep talking about like when when am I going when am I going to have Greta? What? He treats all that he treats all of the actors that way, that way and his crew. Yeah. It's a, so it's not limited to Greta, it's him treating his cast and crew. Like piece like Probably. pieces of meat to be fed to the vampire, yes. which they literally are, as uh, as the case may be. What do you make of the final scene? We have it's the famous scene where Trek is uh he's attacking Greta uh in the movie. And you know, he, there's the, the the hand, the hand, the shadowy hand over the heart, which is this famous, uh, famous image from cinema. Disappear, you know, the light comes in, he he dies, disappears. Voila, end end of film. A bit more complicated than that. How does the film Shadow of the Vampire sort of bring its themes together, if it does bring its themes together in the final scene? What I liked about it, and I'm just going to talk about the final shot here. Sure. Is I like that there wasn't a follow up. That it just shows the film kind of dissolving. Mm-hmm. The uh, I the, the iris closes. The iris closes. That's yeah, the iris closes, and that's it. It's not a follow up of after the movie was made. W. R. Murnau, you know, went on to direct fifty pictures and such. Yeah, and, you right. know what I'm saying? That it just ends. Yes. And you're like, what? did i just watch you watched uh you watched the culmination of you you watched the artist as um artist as vampire uh who's again we've been harping on this theme of draining the life out of his uh out of his out out of his creation in a in a pursuit of immortality which the film will he thinks the film will give him and he ends up killing the star yeah he kills the star he uh kills his uh the the producer udo kier who's great character actor a lot of uh, a lot of made, made a lot of direct to DVD films. Uh, Carrie Elways gets his uh, I think he gets his neck broken, and uh, you know, he just and he's and all the while all the while and I and I, I love this. You have John Malkovich just impassioned. Not not he's not impassioned. He's actually very passionate. He's just passionate about the wrong things. He's like he's filming. He's like yes yes and like now the sunlight comes in and you know we we get the sense that Shrek dissolves in the sunlight because that's what vampires do we all know that even though they're fake and then and then finally you have the can i get a can i get an end slate yes 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 i think we have it and then that's when it cuts and i i think i a lot of there there are times when i get mad when there's no follow-up but Mm -hmm. this was the perfect time to end the movie you don't need to know anything else because that's like that's like he's got it he's got his he's Mm -hmm. got his masterpiece we're gonna we're gonna develop these we're gonna cut print put the tape send it out 
Nosferatu will live forever. And yep. at what price? Uh, obviously, this is not at all how the actual filming of Nosferatu <laughs> went. Uh, and it does, it, it, it does, it, and that's where that, that, that's film lets off. Is at, at what price immortality, at what price artistic expression? Was all of this worth it? We can, we can, it's, but like, like that, then, then we get into the whole conversation about the art versus the artist. Like Murnau was terrible. He's a horrible human being in this movie, mm-hmm. but he made Nosferatu. He went on to have a, fairly long well-known career like is that was all of this death worth this art and uh i think that's the the conversation at the heart of uh, not necessarily death but the conversation at the heart of a lot of artists is like is my sacrifice mm-hmm. is this worth is this worth this is this worth trampling all of these other things is it to destroying mm-hmm. happiness and uh it's uh the the ending it's uh it's the moment the entire rest of the film has built to um an encapsulation of encapsulation of both vampires. One dies, and the other uh, is created. No, yeah, yeah, yes. it's 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 created because you know that's how you make a vampire. You know, only only a vampire can make another vampire. And now, uh, in a stunning double fake twist, didn't see it coming. Surprise! The uh, the would be vampire has actually drained the life of the actual vampire, and uh, has thus now achieved immortality in his in his own right. And it's. It's a lot of it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So, um, did Shadow of the Vampire deserve to be nominated for Best Picture at the seventy third annual show? That's the question we'll ask. This now, Doug, to his credit, did not say that it should have been nominated for Best Picture, but that's the question we're going to use. Should it have been nominated? I would assume that the answer would be yes. If he's writing in. Yeah, for, that, yes. But he probably But th- but thank you for being a little a little a little coy about it. A little yeah, bit. Yes. But feel free to write us. Yeah, in please do. And let please us do. know your thoughts. Um I had it for the following. Obviously yes. John Malkovich. Uh for best actor, best art direction, all of those costumes, mm-hmm. all those things. Also, that year I would take out the following movies. All of them. Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, and Chocolat. I think I hate Chocolat. The, the and movie. I would, and I would stick in Shadow of the Vampire, and Requiem for a Dream. How was that movie not nominated I, for a picture? Do you really? Never mind. Okay, what you got? You got one more. You got one more. Uh, I don't. Okay. Know. Um. I'll, I'll have to think, but but Requiem for a Dream and Shadow of the Vampire, one hundred percent. Aaron B- Brockovich is trash. It shouldn't have won any Academy Awards at all. And Chocolat, it's cute. It's got Johnny Depp. Before he was a jerk. Well, he was still a jerk he's before hot, we knew. He was yeah, he's really hot. And he was hot in that movie, but Traffic, I've never ever been able to sit through. And I would also take it away from Del Toro and give it to. Okay. Okay. And Malkovich should have been nominated for Best Actor. You're gonna probably hate me for this, but take out Tom Hanks for Castaway. I like. I really like Tom Hanks for Castaway. The movie. The the, the movie. The movie itself is just parts that don't work. But yeah. Anyway. He's already gotten two by this point. That's true. He didn't. He could have sat this one out. 
you know, I don't think it really works that way, but sure. Let's in the Amy Thompson world, we'll just. It's it's the Amy it Thompson is the Amy Thompson world. Where Peter O'Toole and Montgomery Clift have also both won yeah. Academy Awards. I am not convinced that this should have been nominated for Best Picture. It's enjoyable. It's great. It's 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 funny. It it makes it's a great uh, darkly dark look at the Hollywood subgenre. They sometimes award that. They sometimes don't. Uh, I mean, it. I do think it could have been in the running for original screenplay. It's such a devilish concept that in its the screenplay is tight. There's not much wasted space here if at all and at 90 minutes and at nine, very, in nine minutes you can't yeah it's clever it's witty and it's very original and i know that you give me attitude when i say that i really like movies that are totally original but it is totally original yeah. it's such an interesting idea yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a great idea what if the vampire was real in nosferatu like yeah sign me up for that whoever that, that was the pitch it's not one of the ones that's been done. Oh, it's the world has come to an end, and one guy's got to yeah. figure out life. Yeah, um, it's still it's uh, it's still it's still a little slight. It's a rollicking good time, uh, and it's great uh, movie about movie making film. Uh, I think it may actually at times. You know what? I do think it like for all the like wait, not wasted space. I think it's too short. I think we could have had a little more there, uh, just in terms of like more give me more Car- a little more Carrie Elway's give me more. Uh, Greta, like we needed, I I would have loved to have seen more Catherine McCormick, uh, just as a as as a character, as a man with eyes. Yes, as a man with eyes. But I mean, it's definitely um, peak Malkovich here. Like this is you know being John Malkovich in this. I feel like those that's a good one-two punch. And he's been in a lot. He's been in a lot of great movies, but those really help show off uh, Malkovich. You'd give him best leading actor. Um, I could give him. I. I can give him a nod. However, I and it's not that I don't want this movie to be nominated for Best Picture. It's that I want so many other movies to be nominated for Best Picture above this. Now, okay, let's remove those. Let's remove those three films that you, you want: Chocolat, Traffic, Aaron Brockovich. Uh, you forgot one to nominate, and shame on you, Amy. Almost famous. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, okay, come, like, come on. So it's like perfect. almost fa- like I don't know why that was not nominated for I Best Picture. It's. I think that's somewhere around <coughs> Amy Thomas and Top 100 too. Oh no, I love that. Oh yeah, movie. the movie is fantastic. But okay, on to, like on top of it, you have almost, like I would nominate these. Not not necessarily almost famous is number one. Like I nominate that, and then in no particular order. Unbreakable is an excellent movie. High Fidelity, uh, Memento, which is uh, top ten of the 2000s for me, one of the best films uh, of that decade. Requiem for a Dream. I put that on there. Yes, but like lower, lower. I understand. Like, do I like? I kind of under. I kind of understand why it would be higher. I I understand why they wouldn't nominate it, but that was before we had Fish Sex uh, winning uh, Best Picture. So now it's like whatever. It's cool and fine. And finally, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, solid, solid, oh. underrated, amazing film from uh, the Coen Brothers. So you put all those ahead of shadow of the vampire uh and it's it, so it's not it's not it's not a question of like shadow of, does it deserve best picture like I mean, maybe in some world sure but in this world you have the five that were nominated and then you have these other ones that should that are you know waiting in the wings and then somewhere you have shadow of the vampire so it's not it's not that it's a, no, that's a good so it's a it's a it's a fun movie it's a great 90 minute it's a it's actually i think the running time is like way less than 90 minutes but just you know go check it out 
a lot of fun. We uh, we have a good time. Uh, we you'll have a good time. It's a nice little just journey into old time old time silent film Hollywood movie making and just how we were able to get away with so much crap back in the days is astounding. It's really quite something. Really quite something. You have been listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you all for writing in for your listener request month. We uh, pulling have the list next week on the podcast for a listener request. I have but one question for you: Are you watching closely? Uh, if you like what you hear, if you have thoughts of your own, did you like Shadow of the Vampire? Do you not agree with us? Do you agree with us? Tell us your thoughts. Write us in an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com or find us on social media or Facebook. Love, 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 love hearing from you. Uh, it's a blast. Get out there. You, you finished your Christmas shopping yet? You still got, still got things to do? Still got things to do? Yeah. As of the time of recording, I have nothing purchased. Okay. Well, but when did we record this? Who knows? You'll never find it. It is. It is indeed. And folks, until next time, we'll see you on the red carpet. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. And if I see Van Helsing, I swear to the Lord I will slay him. Ha 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 ha! He'd take him from me, but I swear I won't let it be so. Ha 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 ha! Blood will run down his face when he is decapitated. Ah! His head on my mantle is how I will let this world go. How much I love you. I can't.